0: sports mental health empowerment coach, and couple marriage and family therapist, Dr. Lauren Pitts. Surprise! Y'all wasn't even expecting to see me today. And guess what? I wasn't expecting to be here. Hello? What? I was planning on taking a break today. Y'all supposed to be off doing stuff, but you know what? It is what it is. It's what I need y'all to do. This is House Talk Pregame, you know that, you know that. That is my friend, my colleague, my mentor, my big brother in Christ, Ted Wright III is with us today. Hey, look folks, those of you that know the power of prayer, I want you to lift Ronnie Ransom and his family up in prayer. He had a, a dire family emergency. Um, so it was supposed to be him and Ted today, but we're gonna make it do what it do. Um, he, It's a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny possibility. That Ronnie will join us today. Hopefully he will not need him to focus on family and not focus on HT today. Um, but please lift a ransom family up in prayer. Um, because we need that. And they're gonna be all right because God got them and, and we know that, and we're gonna rest in that and be assured about that. So look, folks, I, you know, Ted, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta add water and stir and all that good stuff. Cause I was like, ah. Look when Ronnie called me. I was in pajamas. I was redoing my plants and getting my my, my house ready because I got family coming into town next week. And I was like, oh, oh, I guess I can't do the show in my pajamas. <laughs> like. I, gotta, I, had to, I had to go into to crisis mode to get ready to do the show.
1: No crisis for you, Dr. Pitts, because you know, men and women plan and God laughs. and He gives you a different direction to go in, but yes. you're flexible. You're, yes. you're like a zombie. You just do what you have to do when you need to do it, okay?
0: <laughs> there it is. And that's what it's all about. That's what it is all about. So look, folks, today's show is Parental Executive Functioning and Your Athlete. In today's sporting culture, the emphasis is largely placed on winning. So essentially, if you're not first, you're last. Some parents tend to get wrapped up in this socially driven environment and filled with pride and arrogance over the accomplishments of their children. This can be detrimental to the athlete's well-being on several levels. This is gonna be a powerful, powerful conversation today. Um, You know, Ted is a former athlete, you know, like I said, Ronnie can't be here, but know that they were going to have a powerful discussion around this. Parent of an athlete, you know, been there, done that, literally wrote about it, wrote about it. Um, but here's the thing, you know, every week we do a mental health tip of the week. and And I have a couple of concepts that I want to share with you as my tip this week. But first I want to read you a letter from Matthew Dunn at Athletes in Action. And it's a letter that he wrote to parents. And it just just struck me. And I want to share this with you real quick. And then I'm going to share a concept. We're going to jump into this conversation. He says, dear parents, if you're like most, though well-intentioned, you're likely more consumed with the daily grind, AAU practice, recital, games, homework, whatever the case may be than you are with recognizing the incredible opportunity that that lies in front of you. As I look back, I'm reminded that one of my greatest responsibilities as a parent is helping my little guy win in life. However, defining exactly what winning looks like can be a bit blurry in the light of everyday living. Fortunately, sports provide great teachable moments to help unpack this principle. Here's where it gets juicy, Ted. You're going to really appreciate this. The value of sports. He touches on James 4 and 6. Pointedly, the value of sports help facilities, help, excuse me, help facilitate life lessons. With the proper spirit, sports can show the distinct difference between winning and striving for excellence. More importantly, sports can teach us how to successfully handle failure. Choosing rather to view it as a temporary setback that forces improvement. The developed resolve teaches us to get back up and try again when life knocks us down. Winning is more than the scoreboard, Galatians 6:4. It's been said that our response to winning and losing reveals our character. Whether on or off the field of competition, you can still win in life, even in those moments you may take a loss on the scoreboard. Alternatively, when the scoreboard shows results in your favor, you can learn to win gracefully and enjoy the victory without needing to demean your opponents in the process. No I in team, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 26. Two values team sports models are the necessity for community and the importance of accountability. When a team works together as a group with a common goal with all pieces precisely fitting together like a puzzle, everyone must positionally do their very best in order for the team to operate at its optimal potential. Though cliche, a great acronym for team is together, everyone, accomplishes more. Goal setting, Proverbs 19:21. Organized athletics lend themselves toward team and individual goal setting, both short and long-term in nature. Goals can help us map out a plan of action throughout all parts of life, and they equally shed light on the areas in which greater practice, preparation, and perseverance are necessary. It is important to note, however, that when planning, our plans must first be within the parameters of God's will and word before any chance of success exists. Character building, Philippians 3, 13, 14, and Jeremiah 17, 7. Sports offer a great backdrop for cultivating character By providing a platform for participants to maximize their performance and achieve their greatest potential in areas such as discipline, humility, determination, and hard work. For the young athlete, the lens through which they view sports participation and the values it offers serves as a launching pad for the way they see themselves. For parents, proactive, thoughtful, Deliberate mentoring in sports and life is critical for providing fulfilling and enjoyable sports experiences that help your youngsters mature into well respected, God fearing, healthy adults who are value driven and win in all of life. Whether on or off the field of competition, you can still win in life, even in those moments, you may take a loss on the scoreboard. Now, I'm gonna go deep on you. I'm gonna go philosophical on you uh-uh. because here, here we go. I'm gonna tie this, Ted, to our topic for today and I'm gonna tie it to the clinical things that arise that I see in my work with parents of athletes and athletes and former athletes. First and foremost, for those who don't know, executive function is what we consider the air traffic control system of the brain. It helps kids focus, remember rules, resist temptation, and think flexibly. The way we parent can affect how kids' executive function skills develop. Mm-hmm. Here's the deep. we jumping in deep end of the pool. So I hope the swim have their life jackets because here we go. I want to explain to you that a concept clinically that ties all of this together. It's called the nuclear family emotional process. The nuclear family emotional process is a clinical concept that describes. Four basic relationship patterns that govern where problems develop in a family system. People's attitudes, sports related, people's beliefs, see that in sports, about relationships play a role in the patterns, but the forces primarily driving them are part of the emotional system the patterns operate in intact single parent step parent and other nuclear family configurations oh by the way sidebar team is a family just so you know put that on your put that on your radar clinical problems and symptoms usually develop during periods of heightened and prolonged family tension team tension too The tension level depends on the stress of family or team encounters, how a family or team adapts to stress and on a family or team's connection with extended family and social networks. And for the sake of illustration, we're gonna include fans as part of the social networks. Mm -hmm. Tension increases the activity or one or more of four relationship patterns. Where symptoms develop depends on which patterns are most active. The higher the tension, the more chance that symptoms will be severe and that several people will be symptomatic. Are you seeing a connection to why <laughs> mental health is such a critical issue in sports? Here are, and I'm gonna give you these four basic relation patterns within the context of a traditional family, but you'll see the connection with athletics. The four basic relationship patterns are marital conflict. Let's substitute that for player coach. As family tension increases and spouses get more anxious, each spouse externalizes his or her anxiety into the marital relationship. Each focuses on what is wrong with the other, tries to control the other, and resist the other's efforts at control. That sounds a lot like Aaron Rodgers and my coach when he was still at the Green Bay Packers. I'm just saying. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Dysfunction in a spouse. One spouse pressures the other to think and act in certain ways, and other yields to the pressure. Both spouses accommodate to preserve harmony, but one does more of it. Might sound like Brady and Belichick behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. The interaction is comfortable for both people up to a point, but if family tension rises further, the subordinate spouse may yield so much self-control that his or her anxiety increases significantly. If other necessary factors are present, the anxiety fuels the development of psychiatric, medical, or social dysfunction. I wonder if my team's owner has had that impact on all of the coaches since Jimmy Johnson. Don't know. <laughs> Food for thought. Just saying. Just, just a hypothesis. Impairment of one or more children or players. The spouses focus their anxieties on one or more of their children. They worry excessively and usually have an idealized. Tom Brady walks on water. I know that's your man. Or or negative view of the child. Oh boy, Mr. Brown. Mm -hmm. The more the parents focus on the child, the more the child focuses on them. Everybody out to get me. Don't nobody care. They don't know how great an athlete I am. Yada, 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 right? He's more reactive than his siblings or teammates Mm -hmm. to the parents' attitudes, needs, and expectations. The process undercuts the child or the player's differentiation from the family and makes him vulnerable to act out Mm -hmm. or internalize, mental illness all day, family tensions. The child or player's anxiety can impair his performance, Mm -hmm. social relationships, and even the person's health. Mm -hmm. Here we go, emotional distance. The pattern is consistently associated with the others. People distance from each other to reduce the relationship intensity, but risk becoming too isolated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't mind devil's workshop. There's a re- I tell people all the time, there's a reason why isolation is punishment. Mm-hmm. The basic relationship patterns result in family or team tensions mm-hmm. coming to rest in certain parts of the family. Hence why some players have more mental health issues than others. The more anxiety one person or one relationship absorbs, the less other people must absorb. I can go well, on coach just fine. That's still... They they go again. You saw saw the New Orleans, Tampa Bay guy. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a street fight. What just happened? Mm -hmm. That's it. This means that some family members or teammates maintain their functioning at the expense of others. That's them. Yo, they about to catch fine, but we're going to win this game anyhow. Let's get it done.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: People do not want to hurt each other, but when anxiety chronically dictates behavior, someone usually suffers for it.
1: Wow. Wow. And wow. I mean, you took, that's through the physical, mm-hmm. the mental, and then you looked at the, and then you even spoke about the collateral damage from all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I can absolutely relate. I mean, it's, uh, in a team environment, everybody does, there's some individual activity that has to happen and things that you mm-hmm. have to do mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of the team. So you have do your job as Bill Belichick yeah. says. Yeah. However, <clears throat> sometimes if, if you're getting external, you're mm-hmm. not getting enough time. Why aren't they giving you the ball more? And this is coming from people who love you. Now you start questioning Yep. The big picture of what the coach said, this is what our vision is. This yep. is how we're going to do it. And maybe it only re- I have you in the game for eight plays, but the entire team wins. But everybody else is telling you you're better than they should have given you mm-hmm. more time. And now you're bringing all those emotions to the team environment, yep. creating disruption and dysfunction and tearing down the environment.
0: Yep. Yep. And and just so our, our listening audience gets the connection, metaphorically, our coaches are the parents of the team, mm-hmm. right? And the owners are the grandparents of the team. Okay. <laughs> we go we're gonna look at it generationally, right? Right. Okay. So when you look at how to be an effective parent of a student athlete or even a professional athlete, the focus cannot just be on winning. Yes, it, it absolutely positively is paramount. And we, you know, at the professional level, you know, there's a boatload of money that's paid to win, right? But at what cost? Mm-hmm. At what cost? At the collegiate level, it's all about the money that the boosters are putting into the athletic program we got to win, we got to win, we got to win, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. At the high school level, it's all about preparing the student athlete for college mm-hmm. because you know everybody thinks they're going to the league, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. One of the key things that we have to look at, and, and Ronnie and I have talked about this on previous shows, is I see a lot of parents that are attempting to live vicariously through their children.
1: I was just gonna go there, Dr. piss can, can
0: you speak to that to
1: sure I'm, I'm sick of seeing it. I'm so I'm,
0: sick of seeing it.
1: I'm talking about recent. Now yeah. my grandson is six years old. Mm-hmm. I want to see his first flag football game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly what you're talking about. If you go there with your ears open mm-hmm. and you go to these uh little kids, he's sick mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. flag. Okay, they yeah. don't even understand the game yet. Right. Sometimes you listen to the tone in which and didn't my my son's coach grandson's coach talks to the kids encouraging them. I mm-hmm. like what I hear. Mm-hmm. But other coaches, if you really listen in the middle of the game, they mm-hmm. get emotional and they say mm-hmm. things to children whose yep. parents are there. Yeah, that shouldn't be said. The way you're mm-hmm. speaking to them is like bonehead. Why are you doing this? I'm I'm, I'm like he's six. Who he's eight or he's. Yep. Eight. And I really believe a lot, and I hear the parents on the sidelines screaming at their children mm-hmm. in the field. It's not the coaches; mm-hmm. it's the parent mm-hmm. who's, saying, "Man, get tough! What's your problem? You know, you ain't you start running. You're not putting an effort in." And the kid's looking at him like a deer in headlights. Like, what? I think you're I'm-
0: embarrassing the heck out of me. You're shattering my sense of self. You're destroying my self confidence. You're making me hate the sport that I really wanted to play just for fun. Yep. I just want to be a kid and you're out here like you've got, you know, our mortgage bet on this it game so. and we're little kids. Yeah.
1: And, 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 and that's what we talked about, the pressure. Yep. That's pressure.
0: Okay. okay.
1: And, and let me tell you what my grandson like said. Psychological damage. He's six, and this is what he said. He was riding in the car. I wasn't physically with them. I was on the mm-hmm. phone. He had it on mm-hmm. speaker. And mm-hmm. his game was in two days, his first game.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I said, Man, how do you feel? And he said, At six, I'm nervous. Wow. I said, nervous for what? I don't want to make a mistake and the coach take me out the game. Not that the oh, coach did anything to yeah. give that impression. I, I don't, I don't think so.
0: Yeah.
1: But just to know that. I can't make a mistake because there's a penalty for that. And I don't want the whole team to look at me as the reason for us losing the game. Yeah. Immediately. I had to jump in the granddad role. So I'm I'm hearing your,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, the genealogy. I'm like the the, the grandparent level here Mm -hmm. looking at this saying, wait a minute. I said, I said, Kayla, you're going to make mistakes. We all, all you have to do is do the best you can. And mm-hmm. whatever happens after that, don't worry about it. But I know you're going to do well because you've been paying attention in practice. So just go yep. out there and do your best. And listen, yep. whether you do good or bad, your family yeah. still loves you. We're going to still hug you and everything. Yeah. He was like, thank you, uh Poppy. But see, the mm-hmm. whole point was what kind of why would I want him to have that kind of pressure to perform? And he sticks.
0: Right. And, and people, t- people don't realize. I'm telling you, it. I could
1: shape you want your the kid to be a lot... You look your children out. as a lottery ticket, and you're yeah. putting them in all these camps yeah. and all this disrupting yeah. their whole childhood. And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't kids who are gifted, and sometimes right. the kid may not want to do it, and mm-hmm. but you know, there's something there. Like yeah. if, if if the Serena, if Serena and Venus. Uh, William's father would have just let them say, "I don't want to go play no tennis." Right, right. To do that, we would have never saw what we saw. Right, Come right. Off and Tiger Woods and LeBron yeah. and some of these young—you, it's something about them. And every parent—they're
0: elite. Like that. They're elite, and their eliteness was evident at a very, 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 very mm-hmm. young age. And 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 I believe what you're speaking to is the importance of balance, right? Because, you know, what we saw in, in the, um, the movie about Venus is he pushed them, 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 but there still has to be balance. There has to be, because what ends up happening is they, they end up with mental illness. They will end up with all of these issues and, you know you you hear you see the tv commercials with michael phelps and simone biles and Dak prescott and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on well everybody knows dr pitts is everything that i do is is grounded in family systems theory right so mentally clinically i look at everything that's going on in the athletic arenas from a systemic perspective and when you sit down with folks, Ted, and you peel back the layers, what I, I take them through a process that I call exploring the power of your past. OMG. Do you hear me? Nobody is,
1: can go there, do they?
0: Oh gosh. Ted, it's some of the stuff that you it's egregious. Some of the stuff that you hear is just so heartbreaking that these individuals had to go through what they went through and yes they've achieved extraordinary levels of success but at what cost mm-hmm. but at what cost and yes you you know you've broken all these records and you're going down in history and you you know you've got trophies and awards and endorsements and all of these things but is any of it going to matter if you lose your mind not at all it won't and, and, matter
1: and do you have peace Right. Do you have joy? Because Mm -hmm. in things, and this is where um, the perspective we give our kids, Mm -hmm. there's this pot of money at the end of of the rainbow Mm -hmm. in sports. And you Mm -hmm. can get it. If we put in the work right now, we Mm -hmm. can get there. I Mm -hmm. see you doing it. And you're Mm -hmm. pushing your kids to this. But once Mm -hmm. you get a pot of gold, with all the rest of the Mm -hmm. stuff that comes along with that process, all right. the, the leachers and all these people that want to be yeah. your—I mean, if you're not built for that and you have no right. foundation to handle all of those things, yep. then, it just, then it creates the, the mental illness issue, yeah. isolation, some of the things you yeah. talked about, uh paranoia. Who's for yep. me? Are they just around because of what I have? Yep. What kind all of, of it. is that. Think about yeah. and and I, and I feel for some people say I you know I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. I want to be on a big screen and mm-hmm. everybody sees me. For mm-hmm. what? Now, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I—I I always say I'd rather be wealthy mm-hmm. than, than famous. And, mm-hmm. and say why? Wealthy people can go places and nobody bothers them because right because they don't even know. It's like where are you? <laughs> because, right. But just imagine being a Michael Jordan, and, and right. kids don't even take this into consideration. Right. you right. out with your family just dealing with the privacy. same stuff we all deal with every day. Yeah. You don't think that these people are absorbed because they're dis- yeah. they they have greatness in a certain sport or whatever. At the end of the day, he's sitting there, I want to talk to his wife, and everybody's asking him for an autograph. Right. Everywhere you go, you can never get privacy.
0: Right. What kind right. of life
1: would you have? I mean, to get all that,
0: yeah.
1: at, and you say, at what cost? Yeah. That's a price that I wouldn't be wanting, willing to pay.
0: You know what? That that's thank you for bringing that up because what that speaks to is part of what I referenced when I was doing the mental health tip. Right, it's about value system, and everybody's value system is very very different. So, and I've explained it before, I believe, but I'll explain it again just for illustration purposes. What I want people to understand is that we're not saying don't pursue fame. We're not saying don't pursue what well, you do. You you do you. We don't. We're not here to tell you what to do we're just here to connect the dots for you mm-hmm. so that you understand that it's not all glitz and glam. It's, nope. you know, everything is not peaches and cream. It's like, yeah, the bills are paid, but Steve Harvey was the one who said more money, more problems, right? right. And 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 don't, and don't get it twisted. Nobody's knocking wealth. I'm not knocking that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is, is that you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. You you cannot, and, and we've explained it this way. I was uh, sharing with Ronnie one day how I did a, a high school speaking engagement a few years ago. And, you know, kids, you you say, you know, they they get starry-eyed and, and everything is getting fancy, and she's up on stage, and you know, she's commanding the audience and she's doing all of these things, and they're going on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, can I talk to you after? And, and it was an amazing, amazing speaking engagement, right? And I, I this particular session, I opened up by asking them how many of them. Would like to be where i was how many of how many of you would like to do what i do and and, and have the spotlight on you and have everybody's attention on the, the majority of their hands went up oh oh yeah Beth, you know, I, I would love to do that i wouldn't doctor yeah you know i'd love to, do it, love to do it and i go on and on and on and on and, on. and i'm going to say toward the latter part of the um of the the speaking engagement I wove it in subtly mm-hmm. on them right and i was like you know how many of you would be interested in being homeless nobody's hand went up how many of you would be interested in being you know broke nobody's hand went up how many of you would be interest interested in being talked about and i went down the line of some of the most horrific things some of them some of my most traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. that i've been through that prepared me to be able to take that stage right of course nobody's hands went up and then I said, but I thought you all wanted to be me. Wow. I, did you? That's what you told me when I first took stage, when they first introduced me. You told me that you would want to be here. Mm-hmm. You can't be here without the rest of the journey. That's right. And everybody has a journey. And everybody's journey might not be laden with traumatic experiences like mine was. But if you live long enough, everybody's going to go through something sometime. That's right. And that's what, we, that's what we're trying to, to, to get our athletes to understand is that we're not saying, don't set your sights on the lead. We're not here to rain on your parade, but what we are encouraging you is to understand that there are multiple pieces to this jigsaw puzzle of life. And a key part of that is how parents prepare their children for what's next when you talk about the judgment and the criticism and the ridicule and all of these things, I wanna reframe that and say, parents, you should be empowering, Mm -hmm. not beating up. Mm -hmm. You should be encouraging, not Mm annihilating. You should be reinforcing, Mm -hmm. character building, Mm -hmm. not tearing them down and shattering their spirit. Your ability as a parent to empower is going to be a critical element to your child's success as an athlete, whether they go pro or not. And there's only 2% of athletes to go pro. So it's a huge, huge, huge possibility. That your child is not going pro, mm-hmm. but they can come through that athletic trajectory with extraordinary character,
1: Absolutely.
0: extraordinary character.
1: And I, and one of the things I will say, uh, Doctor Pitts, uh, sports. You know, I played, you know, football competitively mm-hmm. in college and all that. And mm-hmm. and one of the, the things that there are some life lessons there. And I and I'm so excited mm-hmm. that you were able to extract mm-hmm. biblical principles mm-hmm. out of these the, these these sports uh, these sports uh, development program.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. um,
1: all of it's in the book. It's all foundational. It's mm-hmm. all about character building. But one of the things that I, was, I, I really liked that I took away was how great coaches help build great men. Yes. And, and they don't- And women. And women, yes. And I'll women. i you guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, they build great people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not just for sports. If you look at the ones that never make it to the NFL or, or, or to mm-hmm. the professional level, Look at some of the other professions that they go into, and Mm -hmm. they've been able to extract the principles of determination, hard work, being on time, being part of a team, seeing the bigger picture making sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they actually can apply those same principles that they learn playing a sport into Mm -hmm. their real life activities. It becomes a part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I think the foundation of if the parent will focus on the life lessons that you're getting- Yes. Versus the outcome of the score and mm-hmm. how many touchdowns did you get? And did you catch mm-hmm. any passes? How many tackles? That's mm-hmm. good. I'm not saying don't speak of those things, mm-hmm. but say, here's what, here's some lessons that you can learn from this. Remember yes. when this happened, let, let me relate it to something that's going to help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. See that time you helped your teammate out when he fell down that that's called picking your brother out when he's down. You, you it. Into it.
0: not stepping on his neck
1: there you go and so i'm excited that i was able to learn those things it did make me a better person i believe and it makes you to to, to look at other people and see uh the team piece helps you to see other people who are mm-hmm. going through the same struggles mm-hmm. with you yeah but at the same time you all have a common goal that you're trying to achieve and everybody gets To see where everybody put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. And it's a better reward when everybody wins, even though there may be some great players, Mm -hmm. they didn't do it by themselves. And the humility piece that you talked about with James in the book of James. Yeah. I love it when I see a winner who's willing to to give credit to the other uh performer who who is the opponent and give him credit for his effort and humble himself and say, Thank God for allowing me to, to be the victor today. But mm-hmm. you know, it gives me the gifts to continue to win. But mm-hmm. to not say I'm the greatest thing ever that ever walked God's green earth. Nobody mm-hmm. can beat me. The proud, it says it in James, struck down. So yes. at some point in time, they'll fall. And yes. so humility, people love individuals who, who are humble right. and, and who are willing to help other people and not make it all about them. And those types of individuals I connect with, um, mm-hmm. follow them and That's right. you need to try to support individuals like that because that affects the entire world when they get on a big stage.
0: It does. And and you know, to piggyback on that, as you describe that, what that illuminates for me is how important it is for parents to be role models for their children and not taskmasters, right? when you take into consideration that we're truly the first example that our children see of how they should be behaving mm-hmm. within the context of athletic play, but also more importantly, in life, holistically, what type of example are you setting? It's like you said, you know, are you in the stand screaming, yelling, hoop and hollering, and acting like a parky? Which is conveying what to to your your child, and then you wonder. No, I'm keeping it real, right? And then wait, we, the hold on, hold on,
1: doctor. You called. Me, you said a park eight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I never. You heard know, of you, that. Is so you
0: funny. know, when you go to the zoo yeah. sometimes, and you mess with them, with them and they get to acting crazy, <laughs> they get to acting crazy, and that's the thing, man. You know, kids imitate their atmosphere. There's another concept. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but there's another uh, clinical concept called the family projection process. And what that process talks about is how parents transfer their emotional problems onto their children. Wow. Boom. Mic drop. Wow. Boop, boop. So wow. when you look at that, right, it's like, what, what's, what's, <laughs> When I was working a great deal with with small children on my caseload, and it just always was just is mind blowing to me how parents who use corporal punishment to discipline their children, act shocked when their kids would go to school and fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've taught them to. Mm-hmm. You've taught them to resolve conflict with violence. Why are you surprised, right? And, mm-hmm. and I went through it, and my mom usually listens to the show. I don't know if she did or not. Corporal punishment was her friend. <laughs> she was intimately acquainted it was like current corporate punishment were bedfellows okay i will be 55 my birthday and the strap that she used to beat me with is still laying on top of her refrigerator <laughs> wow okay? wow yeah man wow, 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 strap wow. Is, that strap is, is 55 years old but but here's the thing she and i and i say laughing so mommy i hope you're listening right she it used to drive her bonkers whenever I would get suspended from school for fighting. And of course, I didn't, in my youth, I didn't realize that that the use of corporal punishment was sort of fueling that. It was a bunch of other stuff fueling too, because I did have trauma, but that was a part of it. It was like, oh, I can be violent? And I tell people all the time, I, I, total transparency, Dr. Pitts has a violent streak. Now, I haven't acted upon that violent streak in 30 years. However, however, the old nature is still in there. I own that and here's why. I tell people, leave me alone. You gotta leave me alone. And the reason why I bring that up is because parents, you are role modeling for your children how to conduct themselves on and off the field, on and off the court, On and off the baseball diamond, the balance beam, the pool, whatever their sport is, you are what they are going to reflect. If you have difficulty regulating your emotions, why should you expect them to regulate theirs? If you have difficulty seeing things through to completion, why would you expect them to? If you quit when things get hard, why would you expect them to go hard? On that field, mm-hmm. stop penalizing your children for acting like you.
1: Come on now, come on now. You know, and know, know what that simply is. The scripture says, "Don't talk about trying to get the splinter." And I'm paraphrasing here. Out of your, your eye,
0: mm-hmm. out,
1: out your friend's eye, mm-hmm. while you still have a log in yours. And so, I think sometimes a parent sees their own problems.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but they're pointing out, yeah, you just like your so-and-so. and mm-hmm. you But where is all that coming from? That's and right. we don't realize that we're the ones sometimes bringing it to them. So that's yeah. why we got to be conscious of what we're saying, mm-hmm. uh, what, we're, what we're presenting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: even when we do have a lapse, yeah. we have to come even to our children and not feel proud and say, you know what, what I did, I have mm-hmm. to apologize for that. That mm-hmm. was not a character, and here's why. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. They'll
1: respect you for that.
0: Oh, oh, heck They'll yeah. respect you for that. Andre knows I am the queen of apology. Mm-hmm. I will... Because <laughs> I didn't get that growing up. Pull well, it wasn't a problem. Me either.
1: <laughs> Me either. They, they, they felt like they needed <laughs> to the I'm, so I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm still waiting on the apologies. They're not coming. It's okay, <laughs> mommy. I love you. But... But I did when, when in parenting him all these years, you know, he's good and grown now, but still if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I don't have a problem owning the fact that what I did or what I said, or the example that I set was wrong. I even said to him, Ted, one time that my hopes for him and, and I've prayed this prayer over him since he was in the womb is that, you know, I believe that God created, uh, the wife for him from before the foundation of the earth. There's a young woman somewhere who was created in her mother's womb for him. And I told him, I said, and my prayer is that she's nothing like I used to be. <laughs> I meant that thing. I meant that thing. I have taken full responsibility and accountability for the, the, the heartbreak that I caused his dad um, operating from that wounded place. And I won't even get into how that may have impacted his athletic play at any given time, because there were times that I just just wasn't right. I just wasn't a kind, loving person to him. And I'm not going to make the assumption that it impacted his athletic play, but I feel like I know him well enough to know that there were times when I was taking him through unnecessary changes that it impacted his performance uh, on the field. Um, And I've made those amends. One of the things that I want to touch on because this question comes up a lot for me Ted with parents that I work with that have student athletes they say Dr. Pitts how do I prepare my high school student athlete for college mm-hmm. how do I do that and it's funny cuz they almost seem surprised when I when I I go into the emotional component first right if your child is not of sound mind they're they're not going to be as successful as they could be academically or athletically in college. And it's really, really, really important to understand that student athletes possess a host of personal characteristics, traits, and values that have helped them thrive athletically, including discipline, Mm -hmm. commitment, focus, high energy, work ethic, ability to handle pressure, and resilience. And that list could go on and on and on. But it's really important for parents to, I believe, and I want you to chime in on this. I emphasize to my parents, focus on character building first. Mm-hmm. If you focus on character building first, I believe that it makes it that much easier to continue to develop them athletically. Mm-hmm because someone who, of, who is of strong character will, it's almost by default, some of those other things that are necessary for them to be successful academically and athletically will come into play, what do you think?
1: I, I agree, I think that the character piece, if you had that foundation built, which over time should have been being built from their childhood up to this point, mm-hmm. I know a lot, a lot of times parents feel like I, my, my child's not ready Mm-hmm. He, seems, he or she seems immature. Do I want to put them out there to the world? And they never think back. And a lot of times when they talk, people talk to me and I know their child because I've seen them grow up and it's mm-hmm. all the things they put in them. I'm mm-hmm. like, you've done your part. You've, you've, you've built the foundation yeah. so that they know how to think for themselves because they're not going to be there with you every single moment like it is right now where they just bouncing every question off of you because they're there in the house every day. They're going to be in a position where they have to make some decisions in a split second. And it's Mm -hmm. going to require the foundation of the character that you helped them to build to say, that is wrong. I can't do that. I need to go over here and how to make the next decision. Now they're going to have some challenges where things are going to be convoluted. It's going to look good. It Mm -hmm. it kind of leans into my character, Mm -hmm. but I still don't know. Here's Mm -hmm. the other piece. Hopefully you've had you've been able as a parent. To have a relationship enough with your child to say, I can come talk to my parent
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I listen to what someone else is going to say to me who may not have my best interests at heart. That's right. Now That's I right. will say <clears throat> there were some things I didn't want to talk to my mama about. Right. And I and I chose not to
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I don't want to tell her that she's gonna think this. I already know, mm-hmm. I, I've already played mm-hmm. out my mom's response because mm-hmm. I know her character. Yeah. She should have yeah. told me I shouldn't be doing it either. That's why I don't want to talk to her about it. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. However, Ted went on and did what he did. And mm-hmm. sometimes the results of those things weren't always the way they turned out the, uh, the way they should have.
0: Right.
1: Then you come rolling all this garbage out to mama. Let's fix all this broken glass. And she yeah. said, Why you ain't just bring me the glass when it was whole?
0: How about that?
1: So I'm thankful without. Me doing it, yeah. My sons do that with me. Yeah. They don't bring yeah. me broken glass and say, Dad, let's fix it. They're asking me right. about throwing the glass on the ground in the first place. And yeah. I'm like, hey, that's value, but you're gonna learn something. Now here's what you need to see. Yeah. And so I'm thankful that the but my conversation is rooted in the word. So yeah. if I go there first yeah. to get an answer for my circumstance or my situation then I have I have a great and a better chance of giving my kid the proper advice, the proper instruction, not to tell him what to do, yeah. but to hopefully teach him how to think.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And and it and I'm giggling because <laughs> I started having the the hard, embarrassing conversations with Andre at a very young age. But Mm -hmm. just because of what you said, because I didn't ever want him to feel like he had to go to his friends or to the street to get answers. Right. Right. Because we already know what that looks like. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and suggest that at 34 and a half years old that he talks to me about every single solitary thing on the sun, because I know that he doesn't, but he knows that he can. Right. Uh He knows that he can come to me and talk to me. And he comments on that all the time that he will call to just, he bounces stuff off of me. He has a very high differentiation of self. He's very independent, but he also understands the importance of wisdom. He also understands the importance of not having to reinvent the wheel. And to your point, he doesn't have to make all the mistakes himself. So he knows at any given time, he can pick up the phone and call me. He can pick up the phone and call his dad. He can pick up the phone and call his grandfathers, his grandmothers, his stepfather. his his uncles. He has a rock solid family support system that even in adulthood is still a key ingredient to his success. And when he was still actively involved in athletic play, he could have those conversations about what was going on athletically and just in life, and it was instrumental in increasing the level of success that that he was having. One of the things that I think that it's so important to emphasize, and I maybe you can help. I like I understand it, but it's frustrating because I'm like you can't see that. Um, is I, I need parents to understand the importance of encouraging a positive academic mindset, right? How many over to you? You know, you and I are right. How many times over the years have we seen athletes who within you know three to five years of being out of the league were broke because academically they just weren't sound the financial literacy piece which is part of academics mm-hmm. just wasn't there now ted in college we've got this name image and likeness so these kids are getting money they're getting mm-hmm. that paper because of their name image and likeness but do they know how to manage that money nope So many of these kids have come from impoverished situations where all the emphasis is on athletic performance, athletic performance, athletic performance, and very little to no emphasis on academic performance. And what we need you all to understand is that you're doing your child and your family a disservice if you don't emphasize valuing academic goals just as much as athletics. You have to, mm-hmm. because the athletic play is going to come to an end.
1: And not as a penalty, Dr. Pitts, because I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I only could play sports if I got good grades. Mm-hmm. So was mm-hmm. I committed to getting the good grades because mm-hmm. it was going to be beneficial to me long term mm-hmm. beyond sports mm-hmm. or was I just doing, getting good grades because I knew that my mom wouldn't let me play the sport mm-hmm. and I, I, I believed that, that was going to be the real punishment um So, my mother encouraged the academic stuff more than the athletic. We she, did too. She didn't care about that? She she was like, "I don't care about that." She said, uh, "You got to have a plan B."
0: Yeah. My
1: plan A was I'm going to NFL. I ain't, it ain't. There is no plan B. Mm-hmm. Mom knew better.
0: Yeah.
1: She knew about the two percent. Never told yeah. me about that. Yeah. But, but the whole point was you're going to achieve academically. And I'm going to focus mm-hmm. on that because that's what's most mm-hmm. important because mm-hmm. it gives you more options at the end of the day if you mm-hmm. blow your knee out. Yeah. Rather than yeah. being dependent on somebody living off, off your past history and, and, and reels of tape yeah. that, that you'll never make any more of.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? That is so powerful. You know what's interesting? Andre never and, and he, I mean, he was—he loves sports. He loves sports. He excelled at basketball. He excelled at baseball. He excelled at swimming. He he sort of took a back step to football because he was like he was quarterback. He was like, yo, they let me get hit. I'm not. Is that? his freshman and sophomore year high school. He was quarterback. He was like over it. He <laughs> <It> was <laughs> like this line. This line is not protecting me, I'm not with it. But what, what I appreciate so much about him and how his father and I parented him is that for as much as he loves sports and for as passionate he is, there was never a time, he never said a word about going pro. He And it was interesting because as you observed his athletic play, I really truly believe, and we used to talk like this, he, he was swimming with lifeguard strength at the age of 12. Mm-hmm. He was a power. He is a very, 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 very strong swimmer. He's ambidextrous. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal baseball player and could have easily gone to college on a baseball or a swimming scholarship. And when I say he wanted no part of it, <laughs> and he even ran track too like he did it all he was like nope he wanted no part of it he said it's a job <laughs> it's a job that i don't want i just want to be able to enjoy college and look i go to games I he was like but i i want to be able to come home for christmas thanksgiving <laughs>
1: it's a commitment it yeah. really truly is.
0: he wasn't he just wasn't willing to do that and we respected that and we honored that, and we were able to do that, Ted, because our priority for him was always academics. Mm-hmm. And he knew that if his grades were not where they needed to be, I want to say it was, I want to say it was like eighth or ninth grade year. Oh, my God. His dad doesn't get mad that often. Man, a, I don't know what Dre was going through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what he was going through. He had, and, and I, don't, I think it was just a progress report. Like, I don't even think it was the, the, the report card, but his dad was displeased. And back then, you know, kids, everybody was wearing braids. He made me shave his took him to the barbershop, had to shave his head bald. Shit. <laughs> took wow. his braids off, took it, zoom, gone, braid, bald. he shaved my baby braids up. Made him shave his head ball and pull him off. He's, you get them grades up, you can play. Period. End of discussion. We never had that issue again. <laughs> yeah. Never had that issue yeah. again because the emphasis has to be on academics. The other thing that's really important is we go almost out of time. Um, and we say this almost every show. Parents, please encourage your children to develop their identity beyond that of being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Please. Who
1: please, are you? Please.
0: Yeah, who, who are, are you?
1: You're the uniform.
0: Yeah.
1: And when who? the uniform goes away, yeah. who do people identify you to be? And you are what you play
0: yeah yeah you you also have to encourage the the athlete to work equally hard at being a student as they are at being an athlete They' the the effort you you want that win in your athletic play you need that win academically too you you, you have to because it'll come back to bite you later on if, if you don't you oh i don't like math but you want that money how mm-hmm. you gonna count it how mm-hmm. you gonna know if you if, if the accountant is robbing you
1: throw this in there with, for the parent on this one on dr pitts
0: uh
1: when these when these coaches are coming to talk to your kids about scholarship mm-hmm. opportunities you got, a, mm-hmm. you got a pretty nice athlete start mm-hmm. asking them about how much emphasis do they put on their grad the graduation rate of their kids and then yes. not, not with a degree in basket weaving or general studies, right. something that's going to be able to sustain them in the future. Yeah. Those are some of the questions that a parent needs to be asking versus right. how big is the facility? Do they yep. have a state of art this? How many TV games is it going to be? Ask some of those questions. And if you have a great value system, as you talked mm-hmm. about, maybe you'll make some better decisions and where you might send your kid because you'll look at it for the long term.
0: That's right. That's right. And and here's the thing, you know, in the beginning, I I shared with you, I'm going to share it again, just to, to bring it home. Executive function is the air traffic control of the brain. It helps kids focus, remember rules, resist temptation, and think flexibly. The way we parent can affect how kids' executive function skills develop. So, not only have we broken this down and teased this out and peeled back the layers, but we filled your toolbox today on ways that you should be parenting and could be parenting that are going to strengthen your child's executive functioning. Because kids grow up to be adults Mm -hmm. and they're going to imitate their atmosphere. And as a parent, if you're substandard in your efforts to help your child to develop strong executive functioning skills know that that is going to be problematic for them not just in athletic play in high school college and if they go to the league because we see it you can look li- literally okay. <laughs> Eric's like babe can you can you be off work for a minute It's like I literally sit and analyze football games from a mental health perspective. That that Buccaneer Saints game, oh my! All my clinical wires were going crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm just because every fiber of my clinical being said, "Oh, there's history, right there." There is systemic history that exists in the lives of both of those two primary play Evans, and I forget what the other guy's name was Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's as sure as my name is Dr. Lauren Denise Pitts. I'm sure of it, Ted. I am sure of it that if, if we could get in, that there's systemic issues that are indicators of conflict resolution that exists in their family of origin that looks like that. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my clinical mind about it. So We as parents have to take responsibility and accountability for being mindful Mm -hmm. of how we're transferring our emotional baggage onto our children. We need to be mindful what that looks like in our children and how it's manifesting. Chances are they look like a miniature you and that's why they get on your nerves so bad because they represent every part of yourself that you don't like. You need to be able to take ownership of whether or not you're setting your child up for success or failure in and out of athletic involvement. Stop shattering them, stop shattering them. That is not the way to get them to perform the way you want them to perform to the coaches, the parents of the team, you gotta build up. If all you do is tear down, mm-hmm. why are they gonna produce for you the way you want them to produce? Absolutely. You have to, you have to reinforce, you have to build up. You have to let them know, and that's what I loved about Colin Kaepernick's documentary. You have to let them know that they're not just a mule. Mm-hmm. They're not just a mule, you beat mules. to get them to go. They're men. They're women. They're boys. They're girls. They're somebody's child. They're a pulse. They're a living, breathing being that with the appropriate nurturance, oh, they'll produce for you. They will produce. Look, folks, that's all we have for today. Ronnie, be back next week we'll we'll play catch up with the pigs keep on the brakes off me i'm not wearing no eagles jersey y'all say what you want i'll be reneging on the vet somebody i you. wearing no (laughs) look folks ted wright thank you so much you know i love you man you are absolutely amazing amazing ted will be back later on in the season to join us for another show um look folks enjoy your saturday this is house talk pregame I'm Dr. Lauren Pitts. Be blessed, everybody. Bye-bye.